This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport. If I was Frank Lampard, I'd probably say we've got a 95% chance of getting through this show without any hitches. Yes, it is the Chelsea Fan Show. Me, Matt Beadle, with the Chelsea Fan Cast. And right now, alone in the studio with me is Clayton Beerman. Hello, Clayton. Hello. How are we? I'm very well. How are you? Yes, very good. Thank you. I do believe Jonathan Kidd will be here in due course. He's stuck on the tube. Poor yes. lad. Yes, indeed. Isn't he just? He is. Uh, he'll be joining us as we reflect on that game against Hull, of course, last weekend in the FA Cup, going through to the fifth round. Who next? Shrewsbury or Liverpool? It could well be the Shrews if uh, Jurgen Klopp's... Sorry? The Strawberry. The Strawberry. Yeah. Hazard famously said that we were playing Strawberry. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it would be a good rematch, wouldn't it? Love to see those boys. And it could well be, like I said, if Jurgen Klopp uh, fulfills his ridiculous uh, wish of not being there. But that's another issue altogether. Transfer deadline day two, of course, we're going to speak about anyone. If anybody, like we say, Frank Lampard has said, 95% shut that window is. So he's left 5% open, whether that'll be Olivier Giroud out the door, whether it'll be someone in. I would imagine nothing is going to happen between now and 11pm. We're going to look ahead to the game against Leicester. We're also going to be hearing from James Sharp on that one from the Daily Mail and a big Leicester City fan he is. Like I said, Clayton is here with us, as is Stamford Chidge on the line. Hello, Mr Chidgey. Good evening, all. How are we? 
Well, I'm all right. I'm sorry that uh, Jonathan's stuck on the tube, but here I am like a white knight in shining armour. So there you go. <laughs> panic not, Matt. Amazingly, It'll all be all right. Amazingly, that's how we... What do you mean, were... panic not? I mean, you know, that's not very nice to me, is it? Well, no, he said it was all going to be with a bit of a hitch tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said we're 95% without a hitch, mate. I said we're going to be OK. All oh, right. Yeah, okay. yeah. Don't okay. you worry about Hello, that. Hello, Clayton. How are you, mate? I'm all right, sweetheart. How are you? Well, I'm sorry I can't be there in person, but uh, they've got me doing the breakfast show tomorrow, so I need my beauty sleep tonight. Mm, need a lot longer than that, mate. Well, this is true. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I can't argue with that, mate. <laughs> you will be on in the morning, won't you, Chidgy? Just a reminder that you'll be yeah, on weekend breakfast that. from 8pm, uh, 8am, I should say, tomorrow morning. So make sure you yes. tune in to, to Chidgy to speak all things football, all things a deadline day. But, f- fellas, let's talk about the game against Hull last week. Clayton, pretty much a formality, really. I've got to say, watching parts of that game, it felt like a bit of an exhibition contest. Uh, well, yes, but it, it summed up our season. Absolutely, completely and utterly bossed the game and then we're hanging on in the last minute. It just, it it does sum up our season. We started off slowly in the game and then for 25 minutes we absolutely ripped Hull to pieces, uh, created chance after chance, which we didn't take. Um, opposing goalkeeper turns into Gordon Bank slash Lev Yashin, Whatever, one for the kids. Um, and <laughs> George at, Long, very good goalkeeper. By the way, very good goalkeeper. As, yeah, he was. Mm. He was very good. But ultimately, um, we should have been three or four up at half time. Um, Hull came out much better in the second half. Uh, we sort of talking about you were saying. It, it was like a testimonial for some of our players. Mm. Um, I actually tweeted um, at one stage that I didn't know whether Ross Barkley had been told at halftime it was a testimonial. And scored a second goal. And for any normal side, that would have been good night. Thank you very much. But oh no, thanks to um, probably the most incompetent referee on the circuit who gave a free kick that wasn't a free kick. Um, they got a... A freaky goal, um, and then sort of puts under pressure. So it was just a ridiculous game, but I've seen that game so many times this season. These are the types of game, aren't they, Chidge, where we speak about Ross Barkley, and he's been spoken about many times on the show, of course, and for a while Jonathan Kidd said he had absolutely no chance of staying with Chelsea until the end of the season. He then came back, (laughs) bagged a couple of goals, and has played relatively well, but I agree with Clayton on this. He was seemingly off the pace or perhaps just not focused enough in that game. Well, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I think for me, the most disappointing... Look, we're sitting here sounding like we lost. The reality mm. is it's a cup match. It's all about winning, and that's what we did, and we're in the next round, and that's that's really all you want. But I think if if you are to be disappointed, and, and there was a sense of disappointment, it was because, you know, the bit part players, the squad players who came in really didn't impress. They just kind of reinforced why they're not uh, usually in Frank's starting eleven. I thought it was... I mean, Barkley, I mean, what? I just despair of him. There's so much talent there, but it just doesn't ever seem to come out with any consistency. Pedro just looks like he's really at the end of, his, end of the line as far as he goes. And that's a real shame because he's been a great player for us. Uh, Alonso, I mean, you know, there were so many of them that disappointed. The one shining light, I, I haven't had the chance to talk to Clayton about this, funnily enough, but the one shining light I thought was Tamori. Uh, and and it kind of begged the question yet again, why is he not starting at the moment? Well, I, I think he had... Uh, first off, I agree. I thought he, he was he was excellent. Um, I think that he had a, a small injury. Um, I think he started the season off really, really well, but 
he had a mistake in him every single game in terms of either a, a poor back pass or poor distribution. Um, so I, I perceive when he got an injury that Frank took him out the firing line. But but the whole sort of centre-back thing's been a bit of a conundrum the whole season. Um, Frank doesn't know his, his best pairing. Um, Tomori looked great. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him tomorrow. Who do you play him with? Do you play him with Christensen? Do you play him with Rudiger? Um, I just don't know. I mean, Zuma started off the season okay. I think the problem is that they're all much of a muchness and Frank doesn't actually think that one stands out and and is is basically, I don't know, he's he's rotating. And if I can just go off on a tangent, our defence is changing every game and part of the problem with our goalkeeper um, is the fact that he's playing in front of a different four every single week. Um, and that that's not good. It's not... Yeah. It, it just, you know... But going back to your original point, I thought Tomori was excellent. I thought um, uh, blah, 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 Kovacic was fantastic. And I, I, I really do wonder about the whole Jorginho thing slowing everything down. When Kovacic plays, it, it come, the ball comes through so much quicker... Um, and obviously, um, Billy Gilmore played really well when he came on. Um, I thought Mason had a decent game before he tired. Um, there, there were some good things. And, and ultimately, as you said, the good thing is we're through to the next round. And that, and that yeah. ultimately, yeah. no, you know, if you, if you, you lift the trophy, nobody's going to remember, um, Ross Barkley playing in a testimonial back in, back in the fourth round. No, it's absolutely right, mate. And I, I think, you know, you touched on something really really important there and I, and I think it's not just that I mean I think the defense you know not playing a regular back five I think is always an issue uh, particularly for the keeper and, and he gets a lot of criticism at the moment but it can't be easy when the defense is changing every week okay sometimes you know injuries happen suspensions happen and, and one accepts that but I think Frank's unsure of who his best central uh, defensive pairing is and that's a problem but I think you can you can also say the same of the midfield you know, I think Frank's got a real problem in deciding who he can, you know, th- five into three clearly do not go. And I and I do think the Kante issue is a problem. And I, I, I do feel for Kante because I think he's exhausted. And now he's picking up all sorts of niggly injuries, having picked up a big one at the end of the season. But I, I, I think Frank's got a problem that he doesn't know his best 11. And I think that that's showing. But but but. A part of that is the fact that nobody is standing up and saying, I'm undroppable. That was the disappointing thing about Hull, wasn't it? Because that was a chance for them to do that. Potentially, yes. I mean, Tamori had a, had a very good game, but you you have to put it all in context of, of who we were playing. And yeah. um, if he plays tomorrow and he's playing against potentially one of the best strikers in the Premier League, then... We'll we'll be able to judge slightly slightly more, I think. If he picks him, of course. Hello, everybody. Yes, that is the rustling and the voice of Jonathan Kidd, who has joined us in the studio here. Hello, kiddo. Lovely to be here. Thank you. Sorry for my tardiness. Not a problem. Great to have you. And we're just reflecting, of course, on the game with Hull City last poor. weekend, of course. Poor, poor performance. Yes. Poor. Yeah. In yeah, parts. Yeah. More of the same. In yeah, parts, dreadful. but I just, I, no, just I just, I, I said um, before you came in that it's a, it's not falling apart. <laughs> it's a microcosm, if I can use that of the word, of the season in, in a sort of, you know, in a, in a 90 minute window, you know, playing beautifully in patches, giving away a really crappy goal, even though it was down to Mr. Paulson. Um, 
and hanging on for dear life at the end. And they sort can't of... put games away, can they? No, no, they can't. They can't, and they should. I felt it was epitomised as, as well by the the great moment in the first half where they actually had um, uh, four touches in the penalty area, uh, and just it was almost after you, Claude. It was just kicking the ball to the next person who came in. I won't have a shot. I'll kick to the next person. I, I won't I have a shot. And I, finally, the, the final pass, as is so typical in these instances, was overhit. Yeah. So it went too far away, yeah. and they cleared. And you just go. For goodness sake, somebody please just I, th- I think shoot. having watched a lot of games on telly, exactly, the one word that I use more than any other it, is shoot. Yeah. It's bizarre, isn't it? Consi- considering who our coach is mm. and considering he didn't fanny about, he just put his foot through the ball. He pulled the trigger when he saw the goal. He did indeed. Charlton-esque it was. Bobby Charlton. I don't mean the team, I mean the uh, the player. Well, Mishy Batshuayi back on the score sheet, of course, as soon as he scores, whenever he scores, suddenly he goes, well, do you know what? Maybe he is the answer. Maybe he can be that replacement. Should we have Tammy Abraham out? Should we have striker X out? It was a deflected goal, a goal that I suppose you would have expected him to score, but he didn't really pull up any trees, did he? He disappeared. After that goal, he was nowhere to be seen for the next 80 minutes. The answer to your question is, no. No, he's not the player. He shouldn't come. He's only come on in short bursts as a substitute. And that's why one is bemused as to why there was no purchase in the uh, transfer window. But we'll come on we're coming to on to that. I well, I'll we tell are. you what, we're going to come on to that next here on the Chelsea Fan Show. We're going to be talking transfers. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. So Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, with the boys from the Chelsea Fancast. Clayton Beerman is in the studio. Hello, Clayton. Good evening. Jonathan Kidd is in the studio. And outside of the studio, somewhere not too far away, we have a Stamford Chidge as well. Chidgey. I'm in in the ether, like a genie in the bottle, mate. (laughs) You're certainly a genie, mate. You're a genius. Thank you. Very good. (laughs) We're going to talk transfers now, gents. A few stories coming out today and all the general nonsense that we seem to get from deadline day. Rumours abound that various players have been spotted in various car parks across the country, but no one it would seem, is in the car park at Stamford Bridge. Frank Lampard earlier on saying that the window was 95% shut. Journo Simon Johnson on Twitter, in fact, did say that the presser was short and not very sweet. Pretty clear, he says, that Lampard is not happy, quite abrupt with his answers, barely a smile to be seen, gents. Now, what do we think about this and the, and the transfer window in general? Well, I'm bemused as to why on earth, why on earth did Bruce Buck the other day say... He was joking. A- he wasn't joking. You said he there's was. a big transfer I know. He coming said, in. But he was choking because he just sort of tried to to basically wind up Frank because he was just about to sit down. I don't think he would have said that if there was anything at all. I think that was just a wind-up. Oh, my God. I thought it was the truth. No. I think that was a wind-up just to wind up Frank. Okay, so, so my views on it are I'm disappointed because I think we desperately need somebody to put the ball in the net. However, you look at what's happened during this transfer window... And name one person that's been transferred during this window that you want. Yeah, none of them. None of them. Can I just read something? Please do. Um, so basically, at the beginning of the window, they were talking about Zaha, 80 million. Mm. He's not worth 80 million. We're not going to spend but also 80 his million. wages must have been about, he'd have wanted 300,000 yeah. or something. Sancho yeah. is just not... Not ever going to happen. Well, it might not. Yeah. Well, no, um, I, meant, I meant in this transfer window. Tino Werner yeah. didn't want to move in January. Dembele was unavailable. Gavani wants to go to Atletico. And he's um, too old. Possibly. 
Uh, you might have worked for a six-month uh, sting, Chidge, if I, he was I think a if he would have come in, and, and, you, and, you, and you also got to think about the fact Tammy learning off of Cavani for six months is no bad thing. Bottom line is that no, for me, the, the, the absolute nonsense on Twitter about blaming the board. Does anybody actually think the board have sat there for thirty days and thought twiddling their thumbs, doing nothing? I'm sure they've been doing stuff. Well, it would make sense, wouldn't it? I just think that there are too many agents and too many players thinking, thinking Chelsea want to buy us. We'll up the fee, we'll up the wages, we'll, uh, we'll just make ludicrous demands. So I don't but think it's fair. One of the things the I heard from more than one source, yeah. and it might have actually been on, your, on the fan cast <laughs> on Monday, is, is basically, I think she might have said it, is, is clubs don't need money anymore. You know, the, the clubs yeah. where you are going to purchase somebody, you know, don't need the money. Anybody that's worth buying is at a club that is getting decent money and getting the, the, the club itself is getting decent money from the TV companies. And whereas before well, clubs were desperate to, you know, to take money, those clubs, there aren't, you know, unless you're basically going down the lower leagues and, and we're not bringing in somebody from the lower leagues... No, just desperate to to snap your hands off. But I think I think Clayton, that's that's absolutely. I mean, I, I did hear that indirectly from from you know a source at the club, which obviously we cannot reveal. But I, I, you know, my view on it is exactly really concurrent with yours. You know, yes, the squad absolutely needs strengthening. There's no doubt about that. And you know, the evidence was that of that was what we saw against Hull and, and have done recently. I think fatigue's coming into it as well with some of these performances. But I think. Frankly, this year is a year where, you know, it's a reset. And what we cannot do is just go and buy players for the sake of it who aren't going to really do us any good in the long term. I mean, somebody put a tweet out. I can't remember who it was, but actually it was it was quite interesting reading. He listed something like 17 players that we bought in the last six years that cost us about 320 million. Only two of them are still at the club, Rudiger and... Uh, Somebody else, so I can't. Oh, Batch UI. I mean, you know, they're Rudiger, okay. Batch UI, we've already said what we think about him. I think, you know, if they couldn't buy anybody who could, you know, definitely strengthen the squad in, a t you know, longer than six months, then why bother? Wait until the summer so they can get some decent players in. And because the trouble is, and this is the key problem, you know, we need, we said this on Monday, didn't we, Jonathan? You know, that we need a real overhaul of this squad because there are at least six players whose futures, immediate futures, really shouldn't be at Chelsea. So I would rather they were actually focusing on getting really good people, world-class players in to complement the great talent that they've got coming through the youth. And just, just faffing about or spaffing money, as certain people like to say, on a few average players, which is what's been going on for far too long, I don't think is the answer. So don't blink. I have Wait the list the with summer. me. Shall I read it out? Yeah, go go for it, mate. Uh, Jula Bodji, three million. Uh, Nathan, I don't know who that one is, three point six million. Do you know who he is? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's always been out on loan. Miazga, four million. Hector, five million. Kennedy, seven point two million. Begovic, ten million. Baba Raman, eighteen million. Quadrado, who's done pretty well in Juventus, but you know, <sighs> was terrible for us. Worst player I've ever seen yeah. in a Chelsea show. Twenty-eight million. Twenty-eight. Uh, yeah, 28 uh, That was Jose Mourinho's special, wasn't yeah, it, in January? It was. It was. Barkley, <laughs> 15 million. Pato, his wages were 1.77 million. Batshuayi was 35 million. Zappacosta, 22.5 million. Drinkwater, 34 million. 
Bakayoko, 36 million. Murata, 59 million. Falcao's loan fee was 6.3 million. And then Rudiger was 31.5 million. So Rudi- Rudiger shouldn't be in that list. No, he shouldn't because he's, he's not a waste. No, of he's money. not a waste of money. And Batshuayi shouldn't be in that list either because he's done a job and yeah, the people job, forgot he scored yeah. a goal that yeah. won the Premier League. So yeah. 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 I do think I do think, gents, just to go back to your initial point about the fact that clubs don't need the money, they don't need to sell players. I do think that we are potentially going to see a restructure of the transfer system or at least the windows because January I mean, we've known that it's been a farce for quite a while. Yes, you might get the odd signing it looks like Jarrod Bowen is finally going to complete his deal to West Ham. He's just passed a medical but you get panic buys. I think a lot of managers, Frank included Pep Guardiola as well, Jurgen Klopp even today has said journos don't bother waiting outside this building where all the lights are off all the gates are closed it's quite clear nothing's going to happen because we don't want and we spoke about this last week kiddo we don't want a player who's either out of form and needs a g up because that's not what we're looking for and we don't want to pay over the odds for players and i do think we're going to see more and more and more of that unless you're right down the bottom of the premier league and you're desperate for a panic buy do you know do you know what i think's really interesting is the fact that, and, and again, we sort of gauge everything through social media, which is not helpful. But all the sort of the bitching and the moaning about this, that, and the other. The the biggest problem is the fact that we've done so well this season, and we're in fourth, and people are now expecting. Because if the transfer ban hadn't been lifted, what would people do? Nothing. They, I mean, we are in no worse position than we were at the beginning of the season. And the whole point is, if we started bringing in all those players that you mentioned, the Hectors and the Gillibodges and all this, that and the other, then all those same people who are moaning like Billy Oak that nothing's happened complain about would them. Be complain about the fact that we're bringing in second-tier players who aren't good enough and what the hell are we doing that? Yeah. I think there's just a, a complete lack of reality. My main point, I'll say it again, I said it, sorry to repeat myself, there is not one person that's moved in the transfer window that I think, crikey, why didn't we go for him? What about the uh, the Fernandez guy who's gone to United, who everybody was associated with? Uh, because I read, read a review of him as a player on the internet, which said tends to get lost for, for a long period no, of the I, 90 I, no, minutes. No, I, I think he's a I think he's a really really good player. But he's, he's last not... seen at Keel Services, I think. Well, there's an argument, isn't there, about Fernandez because he didn't quite do it in Serie A with Sampdoria and, and obviously the Primera Liga in Portugal is is by no means uh, a more competitive league than La Liga, the top five you've got in Europe. But his goal-scoring record speaks for, its fe- speaks for mm. itself. He was in the Portugal squad that won the Nations League. So you'd like to think if a player is producing those statistics, and that's purely what they are on paper at the moment, statistics. We had a, a Portuguese journal, actually, on the Manchester United fan show, and he spoke very, very highly of him, as he would, big sporting fan, yeah. but said, yep, United will be getting a good player if they get that over the line. No, I, th- I think he's a good player, and I think he's a good player for them. But he's but the is, biggest signing of the transfer window. Yeah, I think but, he but, is. But do we, if we went out and bought him, would you say, but we still need somebody up front? Of course. Yes. We still do. We still, but it, but uh, I'm. We but do. I, well, I, but I, mean, I find so okay. So sorry to interrupt. No, if we went out and bought Jarrod Bowen today, would you be pleased? I don't even know who he is. The guy who he played for do. Hull. Played, played against us for Hull. Played, played against you last week. I thought really. I thought you'd said something really sort of. Um, uh, you thought Jim Bowen, didn't No, you? I thought Jeroboam. I thought you'd say. Jeroboam. <laughs> a bottle of champagne. If you'd go on, yes, <laughs> he's a bubbly new boy. He's a bottle of champagne for the, sen- <laughs> for the, for the penalty spot. Who's Jeroboam? He sounds yeah. a bit like a champagne to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, but I'm just, but I, what I found ridiculous on the on the whole transfer thing was the, the it, 
It doesn't make it, even just as a fan, just as somebody looking at business, for the whole Giroud thing to rumble on with him joining all these clubs when we hadn't signed anybody. So it would therefore just leave us with Abraham and Batshuayi. It's never made, gonna happen. N- made absolute no sense from day one. So why this kept going on and even so. To be fair, when they said he's gone to Inter Milan and there was that ridiculous picture of five blokes in a corridor, they said, which was Giroud and his entourage in Milan, and it was just five blokes in a corridor. And you wonder who had set that up? Um, the, the fact that that went viral and everybody believed Giroud had gone. But I, I don't... When, when still, we hadn't signed anybody. It didn't make any sense all the way through. But, but his agents may well have gone to Inter Milan. And agreed to yeah, deal. Agreed, yeah, agreed to deal. Yeah, but he hadn't agreed. And Frank hadn't agreed. No, Frank, no, no. Because but but, not, but not, the club aren't going to do it. No. The club aren't going to get rid of him, only leaving two strikers. That was yeah. never, ever going to happen, unless yeah. suddenly somebody from the youth was going to be the third striker, which I've ne- we, we've never seen. There isn't a third youth player who's been put up to the senior ranks, so we haven't seen it. So. Yeah. Well, news that has come in today. It's not over the line yet, but Tariq Lamptey is apparently undergoing a medical at Brighton. That is believed to be a £4.5 million move. He, of course, played last week against Holden. The, the feeling was that Lampard had been playing him to make him stay at the club, but it looks like his head's turned and he looks like he's on his way to the Amex. Great shame, but if you've got Reese James ahead of you... Um, and he looks like he's going to be our right back for the next 10 years and also looks like a potential captain. But um, as you said earlier, I thought he was versatile. I thought he could play. He well, was a winger. I yeah, thought he could play I, in the middle of the pitch. I thought he was, uh, I, could I play thought, all over. I thought that as well, but I, th- I, th- I think it's a great shame. Um, mm, I'm not sure on the basis that he's leaving now whether we can put a buyback clause in rather than him going for free. I was about to the say, the is season. there a 40 million? Associated the same forty million that Nathan Ake had, and Nathan mm. Ake, of course, is now playing for us. Not Chigi, your thoughts yeah. on Lamptey and another another young player? Well, not another young player moving on, but a young player moving on. Well, I, I, I agree with Clayton and J.K. I think it's a real shame that he's gone, but you know, you can understand it. Uh, you know, Reese James is going to be playing for us for a long time. It's a shame that he just didn't have the patience to stick it out, but you can understand the kid wants to play. You know, and, it, you know, who knows? We don't know what the terms of the deal are, but they're right. There may be a buyback clause. I, I kind of hope there is because he looks a good player. When he came on, I think it was against uh, Spurs, wasn't it? Arsenal. Uh, it was it Arsenal? Sorry, yeah. yeah. You know, North, some North London team. Uh, he, looked, he looked quite good. So, you know, it's a shame that he's gone, but I can understand why he has, you know. And gents, I want to just touch on the players that are out of contract because I was looking at this and the fact that Pedro played last week and correct me if I'm wrong with this, but the list that I've got in front of me, Pedro out of contract in the summer, Giroud out of contract in the summer, Caballero out of contract in the summer, Willian, did he never sign a new deal? No, he's no, out of contract in the summer. Marco, no, he's off to Barcelona tonight. <laughs> Marco, Van Gil- Marco Van Ginkle, another name as well. But those players I mentioned there before Van Ginkle and I suppose Caballero as well, Pedro and Willian potentially out of contract in the summer, well, are out of contract, potentially moving on for free. Okay, so from my perspective, I would be sorry to see Willian go. But one of the things that I, 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 the last couple of weeks, he's he's very marmite. Um, and I don't know, Chidge is talking about over who's the hell is Odian 
Igalo. Odion Igalo is the former Watford striker, of course. Now, he was rumoured... By the way, sorry, just to <laughs> let listeners know, Clayton Beam <laughs> is reacting to our TV screen here with, uh, with news coming in of deadline day as it breaks. And the breaking news is that Manchester United are in talks with Odion Igalo, of course, the, uh, the Nigerian international... Scored many goals for Watford in one season, didn't reproduce that form and was swiftly off. I think he went to Russia or China, one of the two. I think he made a big money move. But hey, apparently United in talks with Igalo. He was rumoured, wasn't he, with Islam Slimani too. We'll give you all the news on that should it break that he's quite remarkably gone to Old Trafford. But I'm sorry, rumoured is the wrong word. Made up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, just going back to William... I think whether we keep William or William goes very much depends on who comes in. I think they'll get rid of all of them. I really do. I think there'll be a monstrous um, sell and purchase in the summer just because uh, for all, all the kind of players that Frank wants, just because of the, the lack of, but, uh, but of activity. Frank, Frank has spoken about the fact that he wants a club to offer William a new contract. Indeed, indeed. But I think they may. Uh, their policy appears to be to attempt to to sign uh, as many um, 25-year-olds, so they've got to sell on. That's, that's, that, that seems to be the policy. So anybody who was 32 and 33 is, was such an unlikely uh, possibility. It's like Merton's. Trying to get him to come, I think that was once again just made up because it goes into this, no, it goes onto it. this world of... Th- of well, they're, they're 33. Why would a club want to buy a 33-year-old? If only for six months, fair enough. If only, as you say, to teach somebody, fair mm. enough. But the club keep wanting to have somebody yeah. for a year or a year and a half. That's that's their policy. That's always been their policy. The only person who ever ever managed to get a two-year deal out of them was David Luiz. And then left. And what then what left. happened there? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do think, just uh, whether I was reading too much into it, but the demeanour of Frank Lampard this morning in his press conference to me suggested, I don't know, whether the the fact that that carrot was dangled for a player, I don't think that any of us would have been talking about this, but we wouldn't have been, of course, if that transfer ban hadn't been lifted and no fans would be moaning about it, but because it was lifted, it's created a whole new narrative, hasn't it? And Lampard, I have to say, did look slightly peeved this morning. Matt, I I think that's confirmation bias. I think that all the journos, Simon Johnson, who I love to pieces, he's a mate, but I think he's like Eeyore. You know, they want to see... They want to see that because it suits the narrative. Frank's angry with the board. Frank's fed up. Hmm. Frank, you know, Frank's this. How do you know? Maybe Frank was irritated by the stupid flaming journalist from Sky Sports asking him inane questions about stupid transfers that we were never going to make. Or it may be that one didn't go over over the line, Chidge. It may be that one was going all the way of the line and then didn't. You know, so he's fed up with that. Just to assume that Frank's fed up because we haven't brought anybody in and fed up with the board because of a Sky. I don't know who it was from Sky that was asking the stupid question. Trying to make him play that game. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, no deal or deal. I mean, for God's sake, just shut up, mate. You know, I'd have, I'd have lamped him, mate. <laughs> you would have lamped him, mate. You, you can't do that now because oh, he's on his way to Brighton. Or him. him. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport. We're going to be looking ahead to the game with Leicester next. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? 
Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter, or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. You are listening to the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Spot. Me, Matt Beadle, joined by the guys from the Chelsea Fancast, Clayton Beerman and Jonathan Kidd. Kiddo. We are now looking ahead to the game with Leicester, gents. A top four battle, as it were. I've got to say that I, I lose a bit of impetus with these top four battles, to be honest. Once the title's done and dusted, I feel like the top four race is all just a bit meh. Well, I, you guys? I, I think top I th- three battle. I think it's, uh, it's very Arsenal. That whole top four trophy thing. That that I'll never forget that day. Uh, was it at Newcastle where they secured fourth place and they were basically they were posting photos from the the dressing room celebrating it like uh, it's just I mean you know the, the the day people say and people do say they'd much rather come fourth than win the FA Cup is a day that I just think. I'm sorry, mate. Yeah, that that is that is so wrong. Yeah, but how much money were they making as players to get fourth? Perhaps that's why they were celebrating. <laughs> okay, I agree with you, but sadly, that is uh, it's an archaic opinion now, isn't it? And you get shut down for being a boomer or whatever the word is because you bleat on about the magic of the FA Cup. I'm with you. I'm uh, a boomer. I alluded to. I don't know. I don't. I'm not Man even United sure what a boomer signing is. Him as well. well I'm a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a boomer and Jeroboam. Two big players coming in this deadline. Yeah. Day. <laughs> quick, 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 tweet link, it. You'll get round. Link It'll them with Chelsea. Round. I'll do it now. I'll tweet it I'm now. I'm a boomer and Jeroboam. I'm a boomer and Jeroboam. Yeah. I've just Great. turned up at Stanford yeah. Bridge yeah, in a yeah, mini yeah, cab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh, gents, I actually want to touch on a stat that I saw today. Of course, it is Leicester. By the way, looking to make it eight wins in ten visits to Leicester in all competitions. So, got a very good record there. Brendan Rogers, by the way. Chelsea are the team that he's faced most since becoming a manager 13 times he's played Chelsea has never beaten the Blues but in terms of points dropped in the last seven now everyone's talking about Chelsea's form recently Leicester's form of course not so great as well but if you look at the top eight Bar Liverpool and City of course Chelsea have dropped less points than any other team in that top eight with 10 Wow Mm. so when you look at the form that surprises me I'm I'm actually going tomorrow how about that my first away trip this season um and I'm quite looking forward to it because I actually think we play better on the road. Um, they have looked tired, in, as as have we. 
So I think it's I think it's quite an even game. I didn't know that statistic about Brendan. Uh, I really wish you wouldn't have said it. <laughs> Sorry, I've put that jinx on, haven't I? But it's incredible. He's drawn six and lost seven. Steve, Steve Bruce had never won, had he? And they won in the last 95th minute or something. One of those games, obviously, by the way, that he did lose was the wonderful slip, wasn't it? Denver Bar. Nil two. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I do... I think it, I think it'll be a good game, Jonathan. Sorry, I'm just tweeting my... Uh, uh, my uh, I've tweeted. You're, Ima, you're, can you're, I just say what I'm tweeting here? Go on. Imma Boomer and Jeroboam, possible last-minute signings for CFC, according to yeah. Goalie59, being seen in Lovely. the cock. Lovely. That's what we want. You see, this is how these rumours start. I, I kid you not, when you look at the list of some of the stupid people that were associated with, it's, it is started by somebody like that doing that. Anyway, sorry, what was the question, Matt? Just literally talking about the uh, about the Leicester game, Chigi. Obviously, a big yeah. one this weekend. Well, it is, and you know the reality is that this game and the next three games are, without sounding sounding all kind of sky and hyperbolic about it, are crucial to the future of the season because you know we've got Leicester, we've got United, we've got Spurs. There are immediate rivals in the league. Uh, if we do well in these three games, it's going to be fantastic and we're going to be much closer to finishing in the top four than we would be if we lost them all. And then we've got Bayern Munich, which, of course, is going to be a real humdinger. So it's a very important month coming up and uh, we need to get it off to a good start tomorrow. And it won't be easy because Leicester are a very good side, and yet, even I though think, Vardy's limping, I think, at the moment. I think they'll play into our hands because they're not defending. They're not putting two banks of five up. And I think we'll, we'll, we'll respond accordingly, I hope. I think we'll play. We play better against teams that want to attack us. Oh, without yep. a doubt. Because I mean, you just look at the Arsenal. When Arsenal were yep. playing the way they were playing, we were doing really well. They had a player sent off, and then yep. Yep. put and the two banks of four and five up, and that and that was that. That was our evening yeah. over. Yes. Just very yeah. Go on. No, no. I was going to say in terms of where the two clubs are at as well from last season. I don't want to dwell too much on, on the Sarri season, of course, and draw those comparisons. But I mentioned the fact that Chelsea have, have dropped the least amount of points in that top eight bar City and Liverpool in the past seven. Now, we know Leicester have been far better than they have been or than they were last season. They are 16 points better off than they were at this stage. Chelsea, seven points worse off than they were at this stage last season. Well, um, it doesn't really come as a surprise because it feels like we have dropped a lot of points in games which we should have done better in. Too many draws. Um, I mean, the the statistic came up that I think... I don't know whether we've let in the most amount of goals after 90 minutes in the Premier League this season, but we're certainly up there. Um, it's It's been a strange season, but I, I, I do think that... Um, the expectation that we've created by starting off so well is the biggest problem because it you know if you if you wind back to the beginning of the season if somebody said we'd be where we are you would have taken that wouldn't you well i think we debated this last week we'd have been happy with 10th if uh, if we'd have known that um uh we'd have ended up um, my mic keeps going off and on can you hear me okay Sad, sadly, yes. Sadly, yes. <laughs> no, I can't hear you, Jonathan. <laughs> you can't hear me. No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, go on. It's a gag because he can obviously hear what you're saying, kiddo. Oh, yeah, that makes sense because he said, I can't. Yeah. no, I can't hear you, Jonathan. Do you okay. want to go out and come in again? And, uh, yeah, I'll just take one, one off. <laughs> no, because we finished, no, because we, we, we all prophesied we'd finish 10th. 
and uh, we'd be happy with that. But the very fact that we played so well early on in the season, we were fourth. But it was the, as I, I keep saying, it's the style of football was so fantastic, and they seem to have lost this ability to uh, pass the ball unbelievably quickly, especially if Kovacic doesn't but, play. But, but He's if, the fulcrum for me for yeah, playing that way. That's exactly right, because if you look at that 25-minute, half-an-hour period against, against Hull, Hull. Yeah. I mean, I know it was he against was phenomenal. Hull. But actually, if you... It, it, the thing that really nauses me about the Arsenal game, apart from the result, is that first 25 minutes before Louise got sent off against Arsenal, Indeed, we, were we were terrific. phenomenal, weren't we? Yeah, completely Absolutely. all over them. Really, they could, really they could good. They hardly get a kick. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, th- I think that that's the big problem. Uh, I'm not, and perhaps that's what they're they're positive about. Perhaps they're thinking, well, if we can just duplicate that, duplicate that, and become more cynical in front of goal, mm. then we'll have a better second half to the season. But um, cynical or clinical? Uh, cynical. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Right, gents. <laughs> on that now, we've got James Sharp on next from the Daily Mail. He's a big Leicester City fan. He's going to be talking about the game at the weekend. And Chigi, I'm going to stand you down, boss. You go get some sleep ahead of that breakfast stint tomorrow morning. Bye-bye. Cheers, Cheers. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. The Opposition View on Love Sport. It's a Chelsea fan show here on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, with the boys from the Chelsea Fancast. It is Leicester, of course, up this weekend, where Chelsea could reduce that gap to five points if they win at the King Power. Also extend their advantage over Manchester United in fifth to nine points. Of course, they are playing in the tea time game. I like calling it that, the tea time game against Wolves. On the line now, we have James Sharp from the Daily Mail. Big Leicester City fan. Hello, James. Hi there, how are you doing? Yeah, very good, thank you. How do you see this one going? Leicester, just the one win against Chelsea in the Premier League in recent times, of course. Yeah, Chelsea aren't um, high up on the list of uh, teams that Leicester got a really good record against. The record's even worse at Stamford Bridge. Um, so, thankfully, that isn't the case. But the problem with, um, at the minute, is that Leicester are on a bit of a... Of a lulling confidence, they're not playing as they were at the start of the season. Um, the slick passing style of play isn't there. You can see a lot of those young players at Leicester have got a really low on confidence. If you like to Ben Chilwell, um, Madison's not um, clicking at the minute, and it might be a really good time to play Leicester because they've just lost um, that semi-final to Aston Villa, which was a humongous disappointment. I know a lot of Leicester fans, without having got too far ahead of themselves we're already thinking about Wembley and to lose that two-legged game against Villa has an absolute sucker punch um, really and it's going to be interesting to see how Leicester respond to that whether they respond with a strong performance to come back to try and show that um, they can get their season back on track and push for the Champions League or whether they'll suffer a little bit of a hangover about it because I know Leicester fans were disappointed by you know, kind of the result and a little bit about the performance against Villa. So, if they if Chelsea can get on top of Leicester early on, then um, it might be a bit a little bit difficult um, for Leicester with a lot of bit, bit of frustration around at the place at the minute. Are you sure? Won't they bounce back even brighter? Because that's what normally happens against Chelsea. Because everybody says, "Oh no, they're playing terribly. No, Chelsea win easily." And then and then the team we play appears to be Brazil ninety. You know, they, yeah, I think every. Um, I think, I think a lot of teams, fans have that, um, that have perception. That 
Yeah, Leicester, <laughs> Leicester have that the same as well. They'll go, oh, there's a, there's a player who's not scored in about eight games while he's playing Leicester now, so that's obviously he's going to score. Um, yeah, I mean, Leicester have a history of, of bouncing back well from disappointments. If you go historically back to when they got knocked out of the playoffs by Watford in the Championship how many years ago, they, they responded really well and they, they won the, like the next season. They they went on to win the Championship and they, they have got a record of... of Bouncing back well from disappointment. Are the um, uh, are the fans, um, are the players inspired by the the, the clackers that all the supporters have, which uh, <laughs> which are, are, are an affectation or a demonstration of uh, a bizarre demonstration? Who 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 invented that to come in? Because now Fulham have embraced it as well. And uh, well, I went and watched it, uh, them the other day. I got handed a clacker and I was forced to learn how to use it. So <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Leicester have used it for, I think. I think from when they got when they went up in the championship, I think so they had them for years. Um, I mean, it, it they worked it out. It used to cost them how much it was a game. It it wasn't long before they'd spent more on clackers than they had on Riyad Mahrez. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I, some fans Excellent. like some fans get really frustrated by them and a bit like, oh, what huge rants, mate? What are you doing? Um, whereas I know there's a lot of like families and stuff that go, oh, well, yeah, no, I've noticed like, that. It seems to be a very family orientated. Um, um, ground actually every time you look at it it is uh, James uh, it's Clayton here um, good to talk to you um, it is a great ground I've been there a couple of times and it's yeah, a really good too. atmosphere too, yeah. and uh, I, I I think it's a, it's a lovely club and I hate you know it's it's the, and I'm not saying that in a patronising way I'm, I'm saying it in a sort of admiring way um, I'm as for any game I go to as with any Clayton's fan, going Clayton's going to um, yeah. I I I do fear a, a backlash because I, I, I mean, you've played really well this season. I, I, I didn't see much of the game um, earlier this week, but do, do you think that the the players thought that they were just going to do it? Do you think there was some complacency? Didn't they have seventy percent possession though? Didn't they? They were completely yeah, I mean, all over to, them, weren't they? Yeah, you look. I mean, the, the first leg was the disappointment. The home leg, when you're coming away from it, one-one. That game, they didn't play overly well. They still had more shots, more possession, and everything. But the second game, you'd I think Leicester Rogers especially would look at that second leg and go, "We should have won that." I mean, if you look over both legs, Leicester had forty odd shots compared to ten. This is very similar to Chelsea, though, so perhaps um, they'll cancel each other out. By the way, yeah, the way to beat Villa Chelsea, had like four shots. Villa had four shots on target in the whole of the two legs and scored three, and then Leicester had twelve and scored twice. Yeah. Um, their goalkeeper, their third choice goalkeeper, turned into Gigi Buffon for the best did. part of the night, but and then the- there was a VAR problem with the. With the handball, yeah. so a lot of things transpired against, transpired against Leicester. He's a, um, um, he's a clever manager, though, Rogers. Do you think he'll have looked at Chelsea and thought, "Well, I know a way of beating them"? Because he seems to be very on the ball like that. He is, yeah. It, the one criticism I think there's been, and there's been very few criticisms of him so far, because he's been they've played some wonderful stuff under him. He, he took them second in the table at Christmas. Mm. Very, lots and lots of positive things. The, the, the only negative things that have really come out have been when he's played against teams who you would call um, superior clubs than him or like the big teams. So when they played Liverpool, they lost to Liverpool and Man City in quick succession. And there was a bit of a perception that Rodgers had either um, had kind of against Man City, against Liverpool, he kept trying to pass out from the back all the time and not, not go away from that philosophy. And Liverpool's press just destroyed them. And there, and there was a, a bit of uh, criticism that he'd possibly picked set up the team wrong picked up picked a slightly uh, incorrect side to play against Liverpool and Man City so if you want to bracket Chelsea in the same 
different dimensions as, as Liverpool and Man City, you could look at it and go, well, Rodgers is too big disappointments or failing so far have been setting up against bigger teams right. whether he some people say or oh, has he been too arrogant to kind of play Leicester's own way or is he just not kind of mixing it up enough um, well, do you think you'll no, be surprised general, if, been excellent. if you see him setting up with two banks of five against us because that's the way to beat us because we can't play against that at all so it, it sounds but this sounds very much like the syndrome that Leicester City have in the sense that They've been so, especially historically, they've been so good on the counter attack and everything. The problem they have is when teams sit back and go, well, "Go on then, go on then, Jamie Vardy, try and get behind this back line that's sat on the six yard area." Yeah, yeah. Um, which is where at the start of the season, when you had Yuri Tielemans and James Madison clicking and playing really well and threading yeah, through Madison the balls. was fabulous early season, wasn't yeah. he? Um, with those two picking locks, Leicester found it really easy to kind of break down teams. But now it's not quite gelling. And they used to, you look at the, they lost to Burn, lost to Southampton, having butchered them nine 0 earlier in the season. Yeah, sometimes they're just starting to go. Oh, it's it could be. But I think because it's because it's Chelsea or a team under Lampard are going to come out and play play football, and there's going to be quite a lot of space. I think fans will look at that and think, well, that we're more comfortable playing against that style of play than we are against a team that's just going to sit on the edge of their area for ninety minutes. Do you think there'll be lots of goals? I do actually, yeah, I do. I think because Vardy's back, um, fully fit. We came, well, I say fully fit. He came off the bench in the in the second leg, so he's back. He'll he'll start. Kletchi Iheanacho is a player who is in great form at the minute. Um, Perez is scoring goals as well, so I think that will breed goals. And then also the Leicester defence isn't quite as strong as it had been previously, so it'll be very open. And with, with Chelsea, have got lots and lots of attacking threat, and I think. I think it could be a high-scoring game. Q nil-nil, probably. <laughs> <laughs> James, it's been great having you on. Just before you go, I've got one random question which involves a certain Danny Drinkwater. He, of course, is now currently with Aston Villa. I just want to get your opinion on it as a big Leicester fan and someone who was brilliant, really, for Leicester and earned England reckoning during his time with Leicester. Are you surprised at the way it's worked out for him at Chelsea? Yeah, it's a really sad one, actually, because... He at that time when Leicester won the title, he was such a key part of that team and was just starting to become uh, an England international. And then it just shows really at the the perils of of chasing that big move or, or being um, blinded by those bright lights uh, because bright, wage, um, bright wages, I think. Rather yeah, than exactly. Lights. And there's been a lot of it's not worked out for for, for many reasons. I mean, it it was made quite clear to him early on, especially under Sarri, that he'd have no future at Chelsea. But because of the wages that he was on, it was very difficult for for lesser teams to, to take a punt on him, really. Indeed. And he's had he's had issues off the field as well. And he was always seen, like Nigel Pearson used to refer to him as a very complex character. We often got into himself and was very difficult. Sometimes was quite hard on himself and it was not difficult to manage, but was... It was quite a complicated individual, and I think it's just I'm not maybe not surprised, but I think the main emotion of looking at Drinkwater is such a shame because he's such a talented player, so much quality for Leicester, and to see a player who should be in the prime of his career just losing years of what should be the best times of his um, life has just been sad to see, and hopefully um, he'll be able to turn it around at, at Villa. 
Yeah, indeed. James Sharp, thank you very much you, for joining us. Oh, James Sharp there from the Daily Mail. Big Leicester fan. Gents, we've got about two minutes to go. I, so Yeah, I, I just want to say a couple of words about Dale Jasper, who yeah. sadly passed away at the age of 56, which is no age at no all. Age at all. Um, Dale played in the 80s, was a Chelsea youth product, uh, he was a, a centre back. He was actually quite classy. Um, it, it sort of it, it's a real shame actually because I think most people who f- follow Chelsea in that time will remember the fact that he made two errors <laughs> in the League Cup semi final <laughs> Howl- against Howlers. Sunderland on a pitch that should never ever been played on because it was like an ice rink. And so, unfortunately, he'll be remembered for that in his career. But he was... Uh, he was a Chelsea fan as a kid, wasn't he? Was he was a Chelsea fan. And um, Mark Worrell, who's a friend of the show, he, he did some work with him with Kelvin Barker and he attended Mark's 50th. And I think Chidge met him that night and he's just a, a super guy. And, you know, just uh, just on, on a level of humanity, anybody dying at 56 is, is awful. But um, I think it's right that we just say... Yeah, Peter. Absolutely. Thoughts and condolences with Dale Jasper's family, of course, tragically passing at the age of 56. Gents, this has been the Chelsea Fan Show for another week. Thank you very much for joining me. Quick score prediction. Go on. 3-2. 3-2 to the Blues. 1-0. 1-1, says Clayton Beerman. Chelsea Fan Show. We'll see you next Friday, 7pm. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.